Christ is as well. The love of Christ has gathered us here together and fills us with joy. That's what it says. Ubi caritas. Wow, man, that's beautiful. I love that. It moves me. Welcome, everybody. Welcome here in the house at Christ Community Church. Looks like we're heavily weighted to this side of the auditorium this morning. I don't know why that is, but God bless you over there, Patty. Uh, the, uh, but... Uh, a good group here with us this morning. Glad that you guys are, are here. Pray that you're staying well. Welcome to those of us joining us online as well this morning. We've had great 
attendance continuing in our online stream as well. So uh, glad that you're here and uh, just want to welcome you to celebrate with us and to worship with us. Uh, we'll throw out our few links that we uh, do every week. So if you want to take advantage of those, if you've got a young person at home, a kid who needs some activities maybe, you can print those out online right there on your printer at home, c3ak.com slash kidprint. And I'm pretty sure I updated those for this week. It was several days ago and I've slept since then, so who knows if I actually did that, but I think I did. Feel pretty confident now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, secondly, if uh, you're a guest with us online particularly, uh, but you can also do this here in-house on your, on your phone. Uh, if you're a guest with us, visiting with us, maybe your first time or you've been with us a few times, but we have not yet heard from you, I would love to know that you're with us and you can fill out a digital connect card at c3ak.com slash hello. And I would love to know that you're here with us worshiping uh, and uh, and have a chance to reach out with you, shoot you an email uh, later this week. And then uh, always want to invite you to take advantage of our digital uh, prayer cards as well. Uh, you can just email us straight at prayer at c3ak.com. And if there's something that you'd like for us to join with you in praying about, you can email it right there. And we would love to do that for you and with you. Celebrate something the Lord is doing in the midst of these crazy times. Or a burden that you're carrying, a decision you need to make. Uh, whatever it is, whatever's on your heart that you just want us to join our voices in praying about with you and for you. And so you can do that at prayer at c3ak.com. And then if you want to send something confidential, maybe you don't want to send it to that email address where it goes to our prayer team, uh, you can find Pastor Jason and my contact information on the website uh, where we are listed on there, but Pastor Tracy at c3ak.com, Pastor Jason at c3ak.com, and uh, those will come just directly to the two of us if it's something maybe that's confidential, and we'll just share it with each other, and he and I will pray for you, all right? How's everybody doing? You Okay. Kind of a lovely week, right? Turned out pretty good. I, who lives out in East Anchorage? Y'all got y'all got wet yesterday, didn't you? Uh, yeah. We didn't get much over at our place. We watched those dark clouds swing over. And I know that a couple of days this week, including yesterday, out at the camp where the Canups are, uh, lots of thunder and lightning and hail, I think, and massive rain. It was a little crazy. So it's been kind of an interesting week of weather. But here we are on a damp July morning gathered in this place and the joy of Christ follows with us wherever there is charity and love he is and that's what we're going to do this morning. Let me pray for us, pray for you, pray for this time and uh, encourage you to just begin to or continue to, maybe you've already begun, move your heart to a place of worship and uh, welcome the spirit of the Lord into this place. And we pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. May the spirit of the Lord be in this place, be among us. We claim the promise of your word that where two or more of us gather together, that you will be in our midst. And so, Lord, we pray that you are indeed in our midst. Be in the midst of our praise. Be in the midst of our conversation. Be in the midst of our care for one another. Or be with uh, Pastor Jason as he brings the word, the story today from, uh, from the gospel. And... Uh, Lord, that you will speak through him and that his words will be your words and that you will speak to our hearts some truth that you want us to know this morning. Lord, we commit it all to you and we love you. We do thank you for the opportunity to be here. 
We continue to pray for the care of our world and the care of our country right here at our home in Alaska, right on down to this place of Anchorage that most of us call home right now. Lord, in the midst of these um, confusing times, that we would hold fast to that which never changes, that which is not confusing. Lord, you are not the author of confusion, but Lord, we would hold fast to you and your truth, the truth that you love us, you care for us, and that we are held tightly within your hands, no matter the circumstance. Father, we love you, praise you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Faith arise. 
Draw me close to you Never let me go I lay it all down again To hear you say that I'm your friend You were my desire No one else will do There's nothing else could take your place To feel the warmth of your embrace Lord, help me find a way Bring me back to you
God, how bright that can be. Good morning. Good morning to everybody out there. It's good to see y'all. I don't see y'all. I see y'all, not y'all. Uh, before I get rolling, I just want to give a quick shout out and say happy birthday to Christine. Um, yeah, that's nice. I like that. Um, and I wasn't thinking about this till I was talking to Christine. And, you know, with all the weirdness of the world and we're thinking about how strange it is, and the decisions that are having to be made, and the adjustments that are having to be made. Um, and we think about the things that have to be adjusted for kids. I don't know that we're necessarily thinking about kids, and I can't even remotely imagine how weird of a time it is to be a kid. Um, 
I was, I was gone in North Carolina because I went to a drive-through graduation. I mean, like a drive-through graduation with curbside pickup. Like you pull up and uh, one graduation, please. And like you pull up and somebody gets out of the car, runs up, gets a diploma and runs back into the car. And it's, it's weird. And I don't know what that's like to be a kid. Uh, I think back to when I was a teenager and the biggest, most earth-shattering thing that was happening in the world, uh, obviously there were bigger things, but the biggest thing happening in my world was the world was converting from cassette tapes to CDs. And we had to decide, which one of these do I now have to rebuy? And where am I going to get the money for that? Because CDs are expensive. So not the same, right? So I just uh, want to encourage you to uh, just every now and then lift up a prayer for the kids, uh, especially as we're heading back into whatever the school year looks like. Pray for the kids. Pray for the teachers. Pray for the parents. Pray for everybody. All right. Off that soapbox onto a different soapbox. Um, if you are, if you have a Bible, electronic, old school, um, join with me in uh, Mark chapter 6. I wanted to rub my nose. Uh, I'm going to read through. We're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And then I'm just going to read that through, and then we're going to come back and sort of hit the highlights verse by verse. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. All right. So Jesus has been, you know, making the rounds. He's been doing some good stuff. He's been doing a lot of teaching. He's been doing healing. He's been doing, I'm just going to drop that down just a bit and see if that helps. Uh, he's been doing lots of good stuff. And finally, he reaches a point where he decides, you know what, I, I'm going to go home. And, and for me, there's this dichotomy, you know, we too often want to put Jesus in. Jesus was God. But, you know, Jesus was also a dude. He was just, he was a guy. And so, so it's a, Jesus decided he had to return to Nazareth. And it's really easy to look at that through the, through the concept of Jesus, the Messiah, God in the flesh, who knew all things. And he, was, he knew now was the time to go home because he had to move from Mark chapter 5 to Mark chapter 6. He had to progress the narrative. But maybe Jesus was tired. And he just wanted to go home and see his mom and see his brothers and sisters. And he just wanted some downtime. I mean, this was, remember, and I'm going to hit on this a little harder in a minute. Jesus was the oldest son of Mary. 
He was the one responsible for her. And yet, he had, he had left her behind to go and do this ministry. And so maybe there was just a little part of him that's saying, man, I, I can't be there for my mom, but I, I, I need to see her. I need to go and just be with her for a little while. And so Jesus takes it in his head that he wants to go home. And a lot of commentators are, well, obviously this was, this was a ministry trip because Jesus took with him his followers. And the only people who traveled with an entourage in the day were rabbis. And so when Jesus came home, trailing this congregation of disciples behind him, it was proof that this was ministry business. We're, you know, I've never looked at the disciples as like an entourage or his students. This was, this was his friends. I mean, they went places together. All throughout scripture, except for a few occasions, Everywhere Jesus went, these guys went with him, and they hung out together, and they spent time together. And even before Jesus really had a ministry, he was hanging out with some of these guys. So it seems to me only natural that when Jesus said, you know what, I really need to go home and see my mom. And they're like, we would love to go see your mom. Let's go. So Jesus returns to Nazareth. And he's there, and he's hanging out. And uh, there would have been those who, having heard the stories... Haven't seen Jesus come into town, and he's got disciples with him. He's got students with him, and they would have gone, Rabbi, come and be with us on the Sabbath and, and teach in the synagogue. Because in the synagogue, you know, everybody didn't have their own Bibles. Everybody didn't have their own scripture. So they would come to synagogue on the Sabbath to have the, the scriptures read to them. And then a rabbi would stand up and give some sort of a message. And so Jesus comes. Um, the, uh, the Sabbath arrives, Jesus comes to synagogue, and it's, you know, it's not 100%, but in all likelihood, this teaching that Jesus just did is the same one, the same story we have revealed to us in Luke chapter 4. So, when it says, and on the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? In all likelihood, this was the message Jesus gave. From Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus rolls into town and essentially announces to the hometown crowd, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. And, and the people were astonished. Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? And one of the great things about when we do expositional teaching is that it's an opportunity, because I fall into this, and I think we all do, uh, and, but I should know better, because I've railed about this before. I tend to fall into this thing where 
I come to an understanding of what the scripture is. And all too often, I don't go back and look and go, is what I think this means what it means? Or is what I think it means what it means, but it means something else too? So the people were astonished. And I'm always like, the people were <gasps> astonished. But maybe the people were astonished. Like, how dare you? I don't remember build on this. You see, they're wondering, where does he get this wisdom? Where does he get this teaching? And certainly they've heard the stories about what Jesus has been doing and where he's been, and they've heard the, the healings. There's no way they are unaware of this, and they're just like stunned that this kid, this punk kid they grew up with, they knew from childhood, is all of a sudden this miraculous teacher, and they're looking back and they're going, you weren't even a rabbi student as a child. You were a carpenter. And yet, all of a sudden, you have this great wisdom of the ages to share with us? And again, here's, here's another instance where I didn't... Just go with me here. Chapter th Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? For me, the people of Nazareth, ascribing to him, naming him the son of Mary, for me, in my mind, up until three days ago, that meant Joseph was dead. Because quite honestly, in all the Gospels, after the interaction, when Jesus is a, is a young boy, you know, 11, 12 years old, and, and they've taken him to the temple, and he goes missing for three days, that's the last time we see Joseph. So in my mind, I have always assumed that by the time Jesus reaches 30 and the beginning of his public ministry, Joseph is dead. Which is why his brothers and his sisters might be a little miffed. And they're like, you're the oldest one. You're supposed to be here caring for mom. The responsibility for this family has fallen to you, and you have shirked your responsibility, and you're taken off to go teach everybody and take care of everybody in the world except us. And the crowd, the people, the people of... And so in my mind, that's what the son of Mary. He is Mary's son because his father Joseph is no longer with us. I don't think that's what that means. The people of Nazareth, the people Jesus grew up with, the people who knew him from infancy, and the people who knew his parents from before that, looked at him and went, isn't this the son of Mary? And we call you the son of Mary because ain't nobody in this town that believes you're the son of Joseph. We know who your mom is. Ain't nobody knows who your dad is. And you're going to come and teach us about God's word? You all of a sudden are worthy? You all of a sudden are righteous and holy? Mr. I don't know who my dad is? And so despite what they've heard him teach, despite the reality of God's word flowing out of his lips, despite all the stories they've heard and all the things they've seen, they have rejected him. They have refused to believe that this little kid who doesn't know who his dad is could grow up to be somebody worthy of preaching the word of God. 
verse 4. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And I'm just going to skip over that for a minute because I want to kind of close with that because that's kind of what I really want you to take away from this. But verse 5, and he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and he healed them. And he marveled. He marveled. Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, son of the living God, was amazed and stunned and surprised because of their unbelief. And he went about among the villages teaching. Again, I kind of always viewed that part right there as this idea that a lack of faith can be a roadblock to the work of God. When I don't believe, when I don't have faith in what God wants to do, I can hinder the work of God. Boy. And that was, and it wasn't something I preached heavily, but it's what I thought. It's what I thought that meant. And it was a real shock to me this week when I looked at that and went, that is so wrong. That is, that is the work of the devil right there to take that. Because that's the same as saying, God can't heal you because you don't believe. Anybody ever seen Leap of Faith? Steve Martin? Boy, I'll tell you what. Sometimes Hollywood gets God right more than God people movies do. You cannot say... You don't have enough faith for God to fix you. You don't have enough faith for God to do something with you. Because the second say, your lack of faith limits God, you're saying, God is limited? I can stop God from being God? Folks, I'll admit, there may be a time moment from time to time when I can be a bit full of myself but that to be so full of myself I can say I can direct the course of God's worth by belief or unbelief that's just crazy because that elevates me to a status higher than God himself and yet we just say, Jesus is stunned, and he couldn't do anything because of their unbelief. And I think that means, I look at that, and so, okay, if their unbelief is not just a lack of faith, it's not just doubt on their part. Remember, we've seen Jesus encounter doubt before. Jesus, heal my child. I doubt, I lack faith, but I want to believe. This is not just doubt. This is a willing rejection of God. This is a willful resistance. They did not believe enough to come. They did not believe enough to even put themselves in a position where God could work. I was born with this mangled leg, and this leg been mangled all my life, and I hate having a mangled leg. I really wish my leg was strong and good and healthy. 
But you know what, Jesus? I'm not even going to give you the opportunity. I'm not even going to give you the chance. Because I reject who you are. How strong does your resistance to God have to be to say, God, I am not even going to give you the opportunity to work in my life? And yet, from time to time, all of us will find ourselves in a position where God wants to do something, and we will say, God, I, I will not allow you to do in my life. I will not allow you to do with me what it is you want to do. How dare we? Why would we do? How can we call ourselves children and disciples and followers and students of the living God and yet at the same time say, I reject what it is you want to do? Not, I'm scared of what you want to do. I don't, I don't understand what you want to do. I don't know how you're going to do what you want to do. I don't understand how you could do anything with someone like me. But a flat out, I'm not even going to give you, I'm not even going to ask the question. I'm not going to give you the chance. And this comes back to verse 4, which is kind of what I want to leave you with, what I want to leave you thinking about. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Everywhere Jesus went, everywhere Jesus went, people flocked to him. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. They wanted to see what Jesus was going to do. They believed that wherever Jesus went, something was going to happen. And they weren't sure who he was. I mean, there were constant debates. Is he Elijah? Is he John the Baptist who... Okay, admittedly, John the Baptist isn't dead yet, but whatever. Is he some famous reincarnation of a prophet we've known from our history? Who is this man who does these things? Except in his hometown. See, a prophet gets honor everywhere he goes, except amongst the people who know him or think they know him. Or knew him. I'll tell you what. I, I, you know, I know. I understand this. I guarantee there are people I have had in my life prior to now who if they walked in here this morning and looked up here and saw me preaching the word of God would be like, uh-uh, 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 I'm out. And they'd be out the front door laughing all the way to their car. And maybe some of us, as Christ followers, know what this is like because we know what it means to have been a certain kind of person with certain ways and certain attitudes, certain behaviors. And yet we found Jesus and we met Jesus and Jesus changed us. Jesus transformed us. Jesus turned us into something better. Jesus started the process of making us less like who that person used to be and more like him. And as we've changed, as we've progressed on that journey, we've seen people in our life who have looked at us and gone, really? You. You're going to tell me all about, buddy, 
I was with you when. My friend, I can remember when we fill in the blank. I remember that time I saw you or heard you or you did this thing or you did that thing. And how dare you try to come at me with God and Jesus and holiness? That's what I, there it is. How dare you? And some of us have been there. You know what I'm talking about because you've seen that. And most often, the place where that's going to be is amongst your family. The family that you grew up with. The family that that, that raised you. They're like, hmm, I know who you really are. And I I don't know what this new thing is you're doing here, but I know who you are. And all those years of living with and seeing this, that way outweighs whatever this new thing you're doing is. So we've seen it. We understand that. And we just have to offer up those people to God and say, God, show me how, in spite of my past, in spite of what I've done, in spite of what they know about me, in spite of who they know I used to be, help me reach out to them with the new me and a new message. But at the same time, some of us, some of us who are those people, find ourselves going sort of hardened of heart and rejecting people who might be trying to share God's word. They don't even necessarily know they're sharing God's word with us. Sometimes we can flat out reject God's word because we won't even give the messenger the time of day. I'll tell you right now, if I'm flipping around, I, I do my very best, unlike other people, to avoid any semblance of religious TV. I don't even want to see it because I know what happens. If I'm flicking channels, which 2020 people, there's no reason to flick channels anymore. There's a guide on the screen that tells you what's on every channel. You don't need to flick. But if I come across a religious guy on TV. And probably the suit going to be a little too shiny. The hair going to be a little too perfect. Smile going to be a little too big. I'll stop. Because I want to see where this guy is going to get it wrong. automatically, without even think, without the benefit of the doubt, I look at the messenger and go, whatever you're selling is not from Jesus. And so I'm going to stick with you long enough to prove me right. And conservatively, seven out of ten times, I'm right. Uh, the other three out of ten times, I'm still right, but I'm trying to look humble. But at the same time, I've been working with young people. I've been working with teenagers. I've been working with junior high kids for 30 years. And I have lost the number of times. See, when we do youth group, wow, that seems like 100 years ago. We do youth group, we would have, we have like an hour and we split it up in like the first half hour or 45 minutes, or however long it took me to stop talking, was like Jesus time. 
and then there was a snack, and then there was game time. And so generally that was, oh my dear Lord, why won't he shut up time? Snack time, game time. I cannot count the number of times in 30 years where I've looked into the eyes of a child, a junior high boy, a 13-year-old kid who was just struggling to get through to snack time and be able to throw a playground ball at somebody's face. And yet, without even realizing it, they spoke up and they shared a word from God that was so stunning, I was left speechless. Where so many people would look at a 13-year-old kid, a 15-year-old kid, a 17-year-old kid and go, there's nothing you can tell me about God. I cannot count the number of times where they have shared a word from God that made me go, uh, I know you. That had to come from somewhere else. You, you, my little friend here, Here's the Ritz peanut butter crackers. You shared a word from God. See, our and the, the, the saying is true. Familiarity breeds contempt. I know you. I know all about you. I know who you've been. I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to be. Therefore, I reject the possibility of God working through you. And we, amongst anybody, should know better than this, and yet too often we do. How many times do people speak into our lives and we just reject them? You're too young. You're too old. You don't have any education. I know what kind of person you are. I know where you've been. I know where you're coming from. And automatically, I disregard anything you might have to say. People, we are the children of a living God who has spoken to people through angels, through burning bushes, through donkeys. Donkeys. It's in the Bible. Trust me. God will speak through whoever he chooses to speak. And yet, how dare we try to limit God's control, God's conversation? How dare we go, you know what? God would not speak to me through one such as you. Therefore, good day, sir. And God's left going, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm stunned. And I want you to think about it for a minute, because this is the point I want to leave you with. Maybe somewhere in the last week, somebody was speaking into your life, and somebody was sharing a word from God with you, something God wanted you to know directly, specifically, personally, and you rejected the message because you rejected the messenger. We don't get to pick and choose who God is going to use. When God's message comes to you, accept God's message to you. Would you bow your heads as we close with a word of prayer. Um, we'll have one more song. We'll have a video. May or may not have an announcement after that. Uh, and then we will open these doors and hope that God has done a miraculous good work. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to come and begin to gather again together. We just... 
We just pray that you would leave this place with us, that we would leave this place with you, that we would walk through our days in fellowship with you, that our eyes would be open, our ears would be open, our hearts would be open to receive from you what it is you want us to know, regardless of how you choose to share that. You may choose to share through a song. You may choose to share through your beautiful creation. You may choose to share from the voice of a child. And I just pray you would give us the discernment and the wisdom to recognize your voice when we hear it. And that we would take your message. We would seek to understand your message. And when we allow you to, your message to, to come and, and live within us, to be a seed in our hearts, to grow 30, 60, 100-fold that we would seek out how to become more like you and less like us. And that as we go forward, Father, we would be the kind of people who, who intentionally look for your word and your voice everywhere we go, rejecting no manner of communication. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may you travel through this world abiding with him, being a messenger, and receiving his messages. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right, got a couple of videos to close out with this morning. So glad that you're here, and uh, Jason, thanks for that word. I enjoyed that a lot, and uh, showed me a couple of things I hadn't thought about, so I appreciate that. Always love when uh, God's word is so active and uh, still with us. Um, guys, you can go down if you want. Uh, see these last couple of videos from out there. Uh, back in our last Sunday here in this space, before we went to all online for several weeks, we had here with us Alan and Melissa Batts, missionaries to Togo, Africa. They were just getting ready to uh, head, head south, which they finally did uh, in June. And we've got an update from them. They are now in Oregon and awaiting their opportunity to go to training uh, in France, I believe, and then they'll go on to Togo because they speak French in Togo, West Africa. And uh, God has been incredibly uh, good to them and gracious and has continued to work with them. When they were here with us, they had about 84% of their support raised, I think. Uh, he told me the other day they're now at about 93% of their support raised, so God continues to work with that. And I don't know if some of you have given to that. You can do that through their website. It's BATS, B-A-T-T-S, BATS Abroad. Dot com, and that's got all of their information on there. You can sign up for their newsletter and all that stuff. But I wanted to give you an update on them, uh, show you their uh, little video update that they did just a couple of weeks ago, and encourage you to continue to pray for them and uh, be looking forward to a uh, time when uh, we'll do an offering uh, specifically related to Togo uh, missions in Africa. And you could go ahead right now and become a monthly supporter, and uh, like we always say with all of the things that we do, because we're talking about Laverne Griffin Camp and encouraging you to make your extra missions giving to Laverne Griffin Camp right now, uh, but you can consider things like uh, the Togo Missions and uh, the Bats family, uh, you might not think that you have a lot to give. Um, you know, a dollar a week from 100 people makes a tremendous difference. Um, $5 a month, $10 a month. You know, uh, the cost of a couple of uh, lattes, uh, uh, one day out at the drive-thru. Um, it, you're right, it's not a lot. But if a lot of people do a little, it incredibly becomes a lot. And so I just encourage you to think about those things, pray about those things. We're gonna hear from them. And uh, as soon as that video is over, we're gonna close out with a final uh, video that'll be our close for today uh, from uh, DeCapo Choir, our our kind of choir in residence that we partner with uh, Acapelle and Sam and Debbie Strumpler with. Uh, they've uh, been with us here a, a number of different times. Many of you have enjoyed the Christmas concerts. They were here with us uh, during uh, the Christmas season and have also presented sacred music here in this space for us. Of course, they haven't been able to meet uh, either their European tour was postponed. We're looking forward to next year, prayerfully, that they'll be able to do that. Still trying to figure out how do we get our group back together and actually have some music time together and do it safely, uh, because singing in a large group together seems to not be a positive thing uh, right now. So uh, Sam uh, put the word out, said let's do something virtual, kind of like some of the other things that we've seen with one of the songs that's near and dear to the heart of the Capo Choir and several of our folks jumped in and it came out pretty beautiful. I know Sam spent just, I don't even, I'm not even gonna say how many hours he spent on it because uh, 
you know, makes him sound obsessive, but uh, it's a good thing. And uh, I just think it's beautiful. I love the work that he did. I love those who contributed. And I pray that it blesses you this morning. So first, we'll see the Bats uh, family update, and then we'll close out with um, Alleluia. Uh, and Jeremy, just a heads up, it starts out with silence and words that roll, so don't panic. It's not supposed to have audio for, for a while. But the, uh, I love that Sam put the, the lyrics to the song in here, so you'll be able to see those. And, uh, and then you'll hear and see the members from the choir who present that together. So, uh, guys, great to see you here this morning. Be blessed. I love you. Have a, a great week. Be safe out there. Wash your hands. Do all those things that you know you're supposed to do. And uh, just try and stay well. All right? Keep your neighbor well as, as well. Hi, thank you for joining us for our, what month is it? June? June? <laughs> or, thank you for joining us for our June update. Um, it's been a long month. Travel, put lots of miles on our Jeep. Uh, driving out of Alaska to Oregon. Uh, we're temporarily settled for the summer as we wait to hear um, how if France is going to open up in time for us to attend language school this fall. It has been uh, a month feel like every month we say this, but a month of transition where we are now officially in full-time ministry. We don't have uh, other jobs or things other than kids kind of pulling our attention. So now we're able to really focus on pre-field and uh, just get the last few tasks done before we get clearance to leave for the field. We're currently at about 91% of our monthly needs, so thank you to everyone who has partnered with us. Uh, we're just praying for the remainder of our team to come in um, and join in the work that God is doing. Um, some things that we're looking forward to over the summer is um, at the end of July, we're, we'll be headed to Pennsylvania for our, another training, um, security training uh, that's required uh, before we get to the field, so that'll be July. We also uh, are just kind of waiting, like Alan said, to see when France is going to open up. Some prayer requests that we have that you can be praying about with us. Uh, we sent off to renew our girls' passports in April, and we've not received those passport renewals yet. We can't apply for our French visas until we get those passports, and France is not currently issuing visas. So, if they, if we don't get the passports back, and if France does not begin issuing visas, we won't be able to start language school this fall like we hope to. Uh, if we also don't receive the rest of our monthly committed support, we can't start language school. Um, so we're just waiting to see and praying about how the Lord is going to line those things out and open the doors for us to get started in our language study. We know that even though our plans don't always help plan, pan out like we expect them to, we know that God's plans um, stand firm forever. They're never thwarted. Um, they last from generation to generation. Uh, something we've been reminded this month um, as we've been studying through the book of Psalms with our kids. So some ways that you can stay connected with us. Of course, our monthly newsletter and video update. But throughout the month, we also post regularly to our website, blog, thatsabroad.com. We're also active on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, I think that's it. As uh, at Bats Abroad. So at any point in the month, you can check us out there. You can subscribe to our blog, and then you're emailed automatically when new posts are published. All right. We hope you guys have a great month. We'll see you later.